Welcome back to Due South on WUNC. I'm Leonida Inge. The UNC field hockey team is back in the Final Four, again. After defeating Harvard over the weekend, the Tar Heels will play in the national semifinals. The clock rolls away, and now the chants go into a full-on roar. 14 times in 15 years, the Tar Heels to the national semifinals. UNC will take on Virginia in the Final Four this Friday. And we should note, Duke meets Northwestern in the other Final Four matchup. Leading Carolina this season is first-year head coach Aaron Matson. And North Carolina has another goal. Aaron Matson again. At just 23 years old, Matson is one of the youngest head coaches in Division I athletics, and she's a superstar athlete in her own right. Another shot off the boards. Was that Matson again? I think it was to tally a fourth goal for her today. Matson took over last winter for Karen Shelton, who retired after 42 seasons at the helm. Shelton's teams played for the national championship 21 times during her career. And Madsen, the new coach, was a player on four of the winning squads. Madsen was also honored three times as National Player of the Year. Over the summer, she spoke with my colleague Jeff Tabiri in her office suite on campus. But before they could discuss her career, shift to the sideline, Olympic dreams, or anything else, she had a question. During their conversation about several small tattoos on her hands, Matson wanted to know, does Jeff know about her pinky story? No, he did not. It's a little shorter and stubbier, you see it. Do you like blood? Or like not like it, but like are you like gonna faint on me if I show you a picture? Uh, oh, no, 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 not at all. I okay, didn't. here I have a whole album. The image on her phone shows a partially severed digit, bone visible. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. It was like a full amputation. I got in the hospital bed, and the lady was like, okay, so amputation's going to be on the screen. Don't be alarmed. I'm like, it's my freaking pinky. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Sorry, run it back for me. It's your right pinky? Right pinky. And it, that was a knife? That was some kind of blade? No, um, field hockey. So I was holding my stick, and the ball hit it just in the right spot. Literally just popped it off. My assistant coach at the time picked it up off the field. Um, Part of your finger? We're not talking about a nail here. We're talking about your No, finger. no, no, my finger. Like, it is shorter. It's, it's, it's there was whatever, flesh. Shorter. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, that happened. Yep, you heard it right. The ball struck Matson's finger with such force and at such an angle that a portion of her pinky was obliterated, popped off. Matson was fortunately okay. She returned to playing a few days later and at the risk of making light of an amputation, this vignette helps to shed some light on Matson's competitive nature. She talks about the injury with laughter and a shoulder shrug. Matson's mom played softball at Yale, her dad baseball at Delaware. Brother Sean is currently a pitcher at Harvard. Matson is gregarious and warm, a veneer that seems genuine yet also incomplete. Matson is very driven, and she has long desired to be great in this space. Tell me a little bit about who, like who you are, what makes you tick, right? Like, are you the goofball? Are you the class clown? Are you the most competitive person in the room? Are you, I, I don't know you at all, yeah. but who are you? Oh no, I, I'm the killer on the field. I am never satisfied. I think that's why, you know, one trophy wasn't enough, two trophy trophies weren't enough. Any number of trophies will never be enough. 
Um, I think that bleeds into the program totally. I think we're a team of that. I obviously love what I do and have fun doing it, but I really am just driven to outplay, outwork, whatever, everybody. Is it, uh, I feel like I've heard it, we'll get into some of the gender dynamics uh, in a little while um, because I have some questions on that, but uh, alpha dog, is that a phrase that is used uh, occasionally with women? Would you consider yourself the alpha dog? (laughs) No, Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm very much, you know, all about team, all about building relationships with others, about that connection piece of it. And like, how can I help you? How can I do this? I'm not here to show anybody up, but I am here to take care of business. That's for sure. When you say killer, I mean, I'm like, I'm thinking of Michael uh, among others, like like Michael and Kobe and Brady and people who just like, it's winning's not everything. Winning's the only thing. Kind of the, yeah. Oh yes. A hundred percent. That's what motivates me. Yeah. Winning. Does that carry over to the classroom, the board games, the you see your brother, the pitcher from Harvard, and you guys are just like like you who can get from point to a point A to B quicker? Like is it a through line for you? Yeah. I mean, I I don't I forget who told me, but driven people, you know, are successful in multiple things. That bleeds into the classroom, it bleeds into the, you know, into your relationships, into the community, whatever you're doing, your hobbies, right? You just become obsessed with going all in and jumping right in. And it doesn't end when I walk off the hockey pitch, you know, or walk out of the office. I mean, you'll ask my boyfriend and my brother and they'll say it differently. I don't think I'm like someone who's super competitive with everything. I know how to kind of turn the switch on and off. They might have a different answer for you though. So this is a serious question and maybe it's one you've gotten before, but maybe not. Four-time national champion, five-time ACC champion, three-time national player of the year, five-time ACC player of the year. Uh, There have been some incredible athletes to come through this athletic department across the last uh, almost 100 years. Are you the best of them? Uh, No, gosh, no. Um, No, 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 not at all. I think it's still amazing that my name's even uttered in sentences with, uh, you know, Michael Jordan and Mia Hamm and all of the Carolina greats. So I would never, ever, ever consider me the best out of them. I think sports are different. I think times are different. I think, you know, there are so many different factors. We also don't just have great athletes. We have great coaches. We have great athletic directors. We have great professors. There is just something about Carolina where the the best gravitate towards it. So I don't know if you know you can nail down exactly who the best of the best is. Uh, lots of hardware. Is there a trophy that is uh... – I don't know, most special to you? One that when you reflect back on, you're like, I had to work the hardest for that one. That one was the the, the most fun as a group. Yeah. That Whatever it may be, do, do any of them stand out? The one out in the lobby in the case right now under tra- tradition of excellence, that's the one we won here when we hosted um, in 2020. That was during COVID. I guess it was 2021 because the different, the split of the seasons and everything weird that COVID caused. Uh, but it was right after, you know, a challenging time for everybody. No one went through that saying, oh, that was a breeze, right? Everybody had their own kind of challenges and, and things to overcome. So it was no difference, different in the college athletic realm. But it was really, really special to have it here, be able to celebrate with our friends and families afterwards. You know, the stadium was packed Um at a time, you know, it probably shouldn't have been that packed, but no one cared because sport brings us together. And and it, it was just really a really special trophy, special moments and lots of memories here. But I mean, there are, there are a couple of really cool trophies around and we're lucky that everywhere you turn, there is one. So they all mean something, but that one, that one makes everyone smile. So the, the, the transition from player to coach, 
When did it begin? I gather that you, you th- th- there were ruminations of a, you know, a long time retirement. At what point was the seed planted and was this something that you were yeah. cogitating on? I think Karen's conversation, conversations, you know, over the years, we just kept being successful. She, so she was like, why would I leave? But it was always kind of on our minds of like, okay, this might be the year. This might be the year. Then it didn't happen. Okay, next year might be the year, you know. So everyone was preparing for it, even though we didn't want to. Then, I mean, yeah, it, it was a quick change from, wow, that would be amazing. You know, I, I could never believe it to, oh, wait, this is amazing and this is possible and it might happen. And it all happened really quickly with a lot of thought and, you know, internal conversations and conversations with my parents and everything. But at the end of the day, there was a national championship to win and a team in a locker room that needed to be protected. And they, the, these girls deserved the best. So it was, was my responsibility and a strength of mine that I just have learned over the years is just compartmentalize it, go out, take care of business. No one needs to be worried about this right now. Coach didn't want anyone thinking about her retiring, you know, but we all knew it and we just wanted to to play for her, win another trophy and then move on, you know, and win again. So, and then, yeah, when she announced it and it was not a typical, you know, December grad winter break. It was let's fill out applications and try to take over the program and make sure it's in good hands. So, you know, I was up front with the team and I was applying of like, hey, I'm applying. I don't want you hearing it through the grapevine. I, you know, I we thrive on transparency and just communication. So I they know me and they know I respect that and respect them. So I had their support from the beginning, but it all happened pretty quickly. And then I was hired and then we had practice the next day. <laughs> If you're just joining us, we're listening to a conversation with Aaron Matson, who at just 22 became the head coach of UNC's field hockey team earlier this year. I spoke with Coach Matson in her office this past June. I don't mean to be pers- overly personal with this question, but who were you living with a year ago? Were you living with some of your teammates? Yeah, um, we had a house with six of us. Great house, lots of memories. The team generally lives together in housing and stuff. But yeah, girls I am, I was coaching this spring, girls I will be coaching in the fall. I know a little bit too much about them, but in a sense that helps because I know exactly, you know, what drives them, what they don't like, what they're complaining about, what they love. Yeah, it's helped me just have that connection with them. So on a human level, this just strikes me as this fascinating transformation. Mm-hmm. These have gone from your roommates, right? Like you, right. you, you've gone to he's not. Yep. You have studied together. Mm-hmm. You have cried together and laughed together. And you've been 22-year-olds together. Yeah. And now you're charged with being the coach. Mm-hmm. What have you learned in the first few months about how to do that? Because there, I don't imagine as much of a playbook for this. No, no, definitely. I think a lot of it is just the transparency. And coaches, I've always believed, you know, it is our job. A lot of things are our job, of course, but the kids need a consistent, secure, safe environment. They need to feel like they add value and that they are listened to and heard, right? They need need that to succeed. So I was like that as a captain, as a teammate, and same as a coach. You know, I am here for you. My job is to do everything you need to succeed. So let's figure out those boundaries. Let's have those conversations. Female athletes in general, they like understanding the why behind things, the purpose. And then it's, oh, okay, I get it. Let's go. Rather than, you know, don't just tell me to boss around. I'm not going to respond to that. So, you know, just really taking the time and energy and putting it aside to connect with them and listen to them. And they know, above all, I want to win. I want this program to succeed. I want them to succeed. So there's no second guessing either way. It's been learning and it's been, 
this is different. This is new. These boundaries are new. Some of them we haven't even experienced yet, you know, but it goes back to the, we're bought into the common goal and we really have that foundation of trust and belief. So I was a political reporter for eight years Mm -hmm. um, and I've come off that beat largely now. And there are, there were times, not for me personally, but times for, for some of my colleagues where people would run for political office and as journalists, they had to like kind of step back and unwind from the friendship, so to speak. Right. Like they're, they're, things changed. Have you had to step back or redefine some of these relationships? And like, what does that look like? Or how have yeah. you done that? I mean, yeah, 100%. There are conversations, you know, when, yeah, my former if friends, you want to call it, you know, are not working hard enough. Okay, we need to get on them. You know, there are conversations surrounding academics scholarships, you know, all of those things, they're not comfortable conversations for anybody to have with a friend or, you know, someone exactly who I was a 22 year old with, but just laying down that foundation of, look, this is going to be a weird conversation. Ready? Okay, let's do it. And just not, they know the expectations. I'm upfront. I'm honest with them. They know what I'm all about. They know the standards I set. They know what, you know, I, I want them to do and they, make me work harder, um, you know, every day and challenge me too. So it is a really healthy balance. I don't really know how, like, I really don't know how I got so lucky and how I couldn't tell you exactly the formula, you know, why it works, but it just works. We're not shying away from those hard conversations. We didn't, um, as teammates together, but now there are just different uncomfortable conversations to have. Every job I imagine has some has some crap that you've got to deal with, mm-hmm. right? Like whether it's a boss or whether it's a, a particular duty, what what has been some of the not so favorite stuff, yeah. that, that 95% that you're alluding to? I think you're going to think I'm lying with this question too, because I think everybody does, but I really couldn't tell you one thing I don't enjoy. And maybe, you know, if we're sitting here five years from now, I'll have a different answer, but I, I really cannot tell you one thing I don't enjoy. Even, you know, sending emails, I'm sending emails to people. I never thought I would talk to, let alone have conversations about certain things with, you know, I sat in finance and budgeting meetings when I first was hired with the business office and they were looking at me like, why is this chick smiling when we're talking about like her operating endowment? Like, like, you know, so I really, people think I am glorifying it, but I just, you know, I wake up every day and I'm grateful for the position I'm in and I was given and entrusted with, but I really just love everything about what I do. You're 23. Mm-hmm. I'm a math major. I'm not, but <laughs> in five years, you'll be 28. Yeah. Um, you're born in 2000, I, I mm-hmm. gather. Um, so in 2028, there will be Olympic games in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And would you rather be a coach or a player? <laughs> that is the, that is the most unfair question of the century. Um, how would you like to rephrase the question? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, Carolina is my calling, right? This team, this program, this university deserved all of the attention. And it was a conversation during the hiring process. Hey, are you going to be okay? You know, technically stepping away from being an athlete in the sport. I find so much fulfillment on the sideline now and in the office and, you know, in all of the typical ways coaches dream of, right? Seeing that aha moment in kids and being able to, yes, show, because I can still get out there and move around, but verbally, you know, teach and just impact lives and stuff where I'm not, there's not that hole, you know, of me not being out there. Of course I miss it. And of course I miss it with the kids I work with every day, but I think there's just so much satisfaction and fulfillment in so many other ways. 
Bubba knows, the entire university knows, you know, the door isn't shut. It's not open, but it's not shut if the timing is right, if, you know, the opportunity presents itself and everything's perfect and taken care of and the stars align, you know, in a magical world, who knows, but I wouldn't trade a day here for anything. I wouldn't trade it, it literally for anything, including the Olympics or anything. I just, this is where I'm meant to be. As a coach right now, but... You, by your own admission, are a killer. You're four-time national champion. I don't believe the United States has ever won a medal nope. in, in um, field hockey. There's got to be an – I mean, I just met you 45 minutes ago, but there's got to be an itch there <laughs> on, on, on just on some level. Like, if, as no, you think is. of – yeah, okay. yeah, totally. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. There is. But, I mean, that was my dream when I was nine years old. I remember sitting there, you know, and being like, I want to play in the Olympics one day. And I haven't. So, you know, yeah, looking back on everything, I, my goal was to come into college with and walk away with, you know, awesome teammates, a degree, great, one national championship trophy, look what we've done, right? Like, there's totally the itch there of, like, I, you know, haven't competed on the Olympic stage, but I guess it's just, you know, my makeup and whatever, I just, I don't really look at things like that. It's more, look what I have and look what we all can do. I, I, I won't say all humans. I think most humans have, we have our doubts, mm-hmm. right? Like we are, um, I, I, it's, it's a question in vulnerability, but mm-hmm. everybody's got their doubts in different ways. What are, what are your doubts that you're either working on overcoming or that you're fighting or uh, what, what doubts do you have? Mm, good question. You look at really successful people and often a lot of them struggle with that whole imposter syndrome piece of it, right? But that's what drives them. The fact that they're having conversations with themselves. What if I don't, you know, win as many championships? What if I don't show up every day and perform as well as Karen Shaw? And what if I don't represent Carolina well? You know, all of those things is what successful people lean on to then drive them. They're so self-aware and they're thinking about all of those things that they actually work harder to combat them. So, you know, that should be what motivates you partially too and drives you. Talk to me about NIL, mm-hmm. what it meant for you, what you were able to accomplish and, and as though you're talking to a seventh grader. Mm. Well, I think the biggest thing that we see is kids with just dollar signs in their eyeballs. You know, I'm not in the position, of course, to make any decisions. I'm grateful I'm not in the position to do that because I don't think there's a right way to do it. But I think at least what it was meant to be, you know, in my opinion, was the opportunistic side of things, the experience. Let's get kids working with companies they could never do before. Let's get exposure for sports, you know, that aren't football, basketball, baseball. Let's get kids learning lessons about branding themselves and representing a company that's bigger than just their own individual person. You know, all of those things, meeting people you would never meet before. That, in my opinion, is what it was intended for. And if you can pocket some money to the side, awesome. Like that's a bonus, you know, where we see it leading to paying to play and the transfer portal and conference realignment. And this insane explosion led by money where it takes away from the college experience, the fact that you are getting an education from a university, the fact that you have the ability to step out on a field and wear a school across your chest or a state or, you know, anything with people. And just that, yeah, college experience part of it, it takes, it's taking away from that. So, you know, it was huge as an Olympic sport athlete to be able at the time to 
pocket money, put money into savings. You know, if you want to go on and represent your country for any Olympic sport, not just field hockey, you don't make a lot of money. It's tough, right? So the ability to, okay, let me gain those experiences and have that as the driving force. But great, I was actually able to profit and start that earlier. And so instead of waiting until my eligibility was exhausted, awesome. You know, that helps a ton. But it's tough when you see it and how it's affecting the basketballs and the footballs and everything and how then all the other sports are affected by that. So we'll see where it leads and, and, and where it goes to. But I know Carolina does a wonderful job of, you know, really honing in on let's not let it get carried away like that. And we're, we're grateful for the Rams club and the department and everyone who's in positions, you know, to, to, okay, let's kind of find that happy medium and allow everyone to benefit. But yeah, I think there definitely needs to be a, a, a swing back. As I was preparing for this interview, I was thinking very loosely there's a – in the political realm, there's the state Republican Party, there's a the state Democratic Party. And the state Democratic Party just elected a woman who's 25 years old. She's by far the youngest person to ever have this post. And one of the things I talked to her about was just the treatment she got because of her age. Now, she had been kind of a field organizer. She was less central and known within the kind of her new job as the chair of the Democratic Party than you are in yours. But kind of using that as a backdrop, a little loosely analogous. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you have encountered maybe a second guess from some people, or if it's a, oh, young woman, or oh, you're a little young. Like, has that been something that you've had to kind of either brush aside? Totally. I think one, I'm a 23 young woman head coach. Two, I coach field hockey, which is not, we touched on it. It's not the basketball, softball, baseball, lacrosse in America. It's not, it's an international game. So we're trying to grow the game here and engagement, you know, hey, we've gotten publicity, whether it's good or bad in either sense, whatever people think, but definitely, right? And, And I've had that platform as a student athlete in the sport and a female student athlete at that. But yeah, now I have the platform as a female head coach at a major university of a really successful program. So you see the tweets. When I first got hired, I'll never forget it, Dana, and I still laugh about it. Someone tweeted, she can't even rent a car or whatever. And it's like, is that your concern, right? Like, is that, you think I'm thinking about that? Also, I can because of our state contract. So please, (laughs) goodbye. But, you know, all of those things, there's always going to be haters, All you can do is just stay true to yourself, keep doing what we're doing, keep winning, right? People pay attention. So it doesn't phase me, if anything, you know, it just, it adds to it. And hey, if you don't want to pay attention to the awesome stories we have going on here, then you're missing out and that's, that's you. I will share with you, I I purposely have waited till now to share this story with you because I didn't want you to think I was a total dink from the time I walked in here. (laughs) When I was at the UNC pit pit game and it's whatever, the under 12 Time out of the first half, yeah. and they're bopping around, and they're showing the the frat bros yeah. fired up, uh, and they're showing the the young middle school girls dancing to the PA system, whatever. Yeah. And then they they take a they cut to this young woman who's like <laughs> on her phone, her head is buried, and the PA announcer says, "You know, help me in welcoming UNC Field Hockey's new coach." Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting up upstairs, and I go, "Oh no!" I was like, the "Cameraman's got the wrong person. Yeah. Like, who uh-huh. is this?" Yeah. And then. You, the kind of sheepishly looks up and gives mm-hmm. a wave. And then, like, the crowd caught. I mean, you, you got a nice ovation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I was by myself, but I was like, oh, take your foot out of your mouth. Like, who who is this person? Right. And very quickly it was like, oh, four-time national champion. Like, mm-hmm. seems like she's prime for the game. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that was my initial introduction. Totally. And uh, anyway, that's my embarrassment. The, but no, I know I'm not the only one. You know, you're not the only one. I think a lot of people – 
yeah, like, hey, you know, this, I, I'm Aaron. Nice to meet you. They're like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's bond, you know. Oh, they walk away saying, okay, I get it now. You're right. And it's been great for our program too. All is, is all publicity good publicity, whatever that, you know, that line is. Yeah. Totally. Yes and no. There's always right and wrong with that. But, Hey, you Googled UNC Field Hockey, right? You Googled our name. You've started following along. It feels to me, and I have, to be clear, no evidence to like support this. This is just like an anecdotal yeah. observation. It feels as though there's some sort of shift where there are more eyes and there's more attention and the media is giving greater coverage to women's soccer, yeah. women's basketball. I can't speak for field hockey, mm-hmm. um, so I will not placate you. But do you gather that there's something afoot? And perhaps more importantly, what is incumbent, whether it's upon parents or yeah. the news media or like, what is it that can yeah. be done to try to shift the, the lens of the spotlight? So to speak? Sure. Yeah, I definitely think there's a shift. There's been a massive push for, you know, female athletics. You see more powerful badass CD- CEOs and athletes and moms and, you know, sports tell stories and everybody, you know, gathers around sports because of the lessons, because of, you know, the community of it, the energy around it and stuff, regardless if it's men's or women's. And I think for so long, there has been the focus on, yeah, the men's sports and the leading, you know, revenue, this and that and viewership and all of that. But you turn around and you see amazing stories with women basketball athletes. You see amazing stories with women field hockey players. You see, yeah, soccer stories with the entire push around them. People are missing out. So yeah, let's really capitalize on this. And field hockey struggles a little bit, partially in America. Again, it's international sport. The field, you know, is it's a, it's an expensive sport, but also we don't have a male counterpart. So there isn't a baseball to the softball. There isn't a men's lacrosse to the women's lacrosse, a men's soccer to the women's soccer. And we see how that affects our sport, but doesn't mean it's any less interesting, right? So it's just our job to, you know, really try that much harder to, to pull people along. But we love the push or the shift or whatever you want to call it. And especially at a university where our female sports really carry the weight, women's soccer, women's tennis, us, uh, women's lacrosse, you know, we're the ones bringing home the trophy. So exactly. So, um, it's time and that doesn't mean take it away from the men at all, right? Let's just do it together and be more powerful together. What are you hoping to be able to say you've accomplished come December 31st of this year? Yeah. I mean, every, every year, our goal is to raise a trophy at the end of the year, bring it back home to Carolina and see the bell tower lit up blue, right? That is our goal, plain and simple, every single year. That is the same that I, we had as when I was on the team. That is the same when Karen was our coach. That will be the same for the foreseeable future while I am here. And the girls know that. They buy into that. That trophy is all we think about. That's Erin Matson speaking with my co-host Jeff Tabiri this summer from her office at Carolina. 23-year-old Matson is the new head coach of UNC Field Hockey, and this weekend, she will lead the Tar Heels in the Final Four. This is Due South on WUNC. I'm Leonida Inge.